Now, probably many interpreters would look at this parable of our Lord's in the Gospel and say, this is a parable about the relationship between the Old Testament people of God and the, and the New Testament, the Gentiles who were brought into God's covenant through Christ. And uh, unfortunately, the Gospel is for the Jew first, but the, the Jewish people generally as a whole uh, rejected it. And so, therefore, God goes and he gets all of these people, these non-Jewish people, and he brings them into the, to the kingdom of God. And they're equivalent to the cripple and the blind and the lame and so forth and so on. And I think that, that probably is the main sort of uh, application of the parable. But I think after Christianity having become established and having become the dominant uh, expression of God's kingdom on earth over the centuries, we're now, as Christians, sort of in the same position that the Jews were in. Okay, And we can, just like the Jews, we can take for granted the what God has to offer us, the great, the great banquet that he has to provide us with. And uh, our baptism is sort of that invitation. Okay, So when we're baptized, it's as if God um, graciously, with, for absolutely no merit of our own whatsoever, has said, I'm inviting you to this great banquet. And uh, how tragic is it when we as the baptized faithful really don't respond to that vocation and become, we grow very indifferent to the awesome gift that God has for us. Now, there's nothing wrong with being concerned about your own private property, you know, you purchase this or your marriage and your family life. But your own concern and your attention and the energy that you put into your own, uh, what's you and yours, just needs to be integrated into a broader horizon of concern, of aspiration, of uh, where you put your energy, where you put your time. And that is that, that horizon of God's calling in your life, your vocation, that horizon of the kingdom of God. That should be your ultimate concern. Of course, you can be concerned about your property and your business transactions and your wife and your husband and your family and whatnot. There's nothing wrong with that. But as I say, it's got to find, it's got to be nested within that broader reality. And that's the fault of these people is that what they did is they took their earthly concerns and they let those earthly concerns completely eclipse and overshadow and dominate that broader vocation, that broader gift that God was giving to them. So it's a real tragedy, and we as Christians can be imperiled. We can be in that same kind of scary position that the Jewish people of old were when Christ came to them offering them the greatest deal <laughs> ever, and they said, nah, uh, you know, I'm, you're offering me $5 billion, and I think I'd, I'd prefer the three or four cents that I've got over here. You know, how, how much of a tragedy that is. We as Christians can uh, be in danger of uh, falling into that same trap. And so we, we pray today that the trage- that tragedy would not be true for us, but that in, in contrast to these people who let their earthly concerns completely overshadow and eclipse their, their heavenly vocation, that we ourselves would put first things first. And we would say, okay, the kingdom of God is first, and then my 
personal and my family life and my private life is, is second. It's good, but it's got to take second place to that larger reality. And only, only when we do that does our, our personal life and our personal and private concerns become meaningful, come into alignment, become successful, and become a source of authentic joy and pride as opposed to something we just become completely attached to and it derails us from true joy and true happiness, our true calling and our true destiny. So only when we do that, the first things first. And so my brothers and sisters, let's, let's remember today, let's remember always uh, to put the kingdom of God first and our personal lives uh, as, as second.